solo and group clinicians alike are buzzing about Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals. With live customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and an extensive feature library, Therapy Notes is sure to streamline your workflow, giving you time to care more and worry less. Try them for two months free using promo code MODERN today. Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and this is the podcast where we talk about all things that affect therapists, things from our clients, things about the profession, things about mental health advocacy, and from time to time, we visit the whole issue around pay for therapists. And I had written a blog a couple of weeks ago on our website that was largely inspired. And I linked to a article from Medium by Julio Vincent Cambudo about gaslighting. And in the Medium article, they talk about the gaslighting of the messages about returning back to normal. In my blog, I talked about the gaslighting that I foresee happening that's going to be happening to the mental health workforce. And this conversation that we're having today is an expansion of that blog article. We're going to link to a few things. You can find those in our show notes at mtsgpodcast.com. But the dialectic that we are trying to break apart and take down here is how can mental health care workers be both essential workers and to be justified as not paying them. And we're looking at the potential argument that wide swaths of our industry are going to be facing in the coming months. We're hearing about the the second wave of COVID-19, but we're also hearing about this coming wave of mental health pandemic or epidemic, depending on what news source that you're looking at, both of the frontline healthcare workers, as well as people who've been forced into stay-at-home orders and all of the related mental health issues that many of us are seeing in our practices now. Now, our concern is those places in, in the coming months as mental health needs arise that are going to pressure therapists and particularly the vulnerable pre-licensed therapists into taking unpaid or underpaid jobs because look at all of these people who need mental health services. And I'm thinking that this might be one of the only times in our lifetime to be able to really make a meaningful stand against that message. And it's going to be an inconvenient thing for a lot of people. But when we look at the stagnant wages of therapists, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, for some of the master's level therapists, our wages are actually going, and that's not even adjusting for inflation. So dollar for dollar, our wages are going down year after year. And you're going to be pressured into potentially taking some 
placements just to get your hours just to serve these clients and that's a potential to change our profession right now. It's already happening, Kurt. There's already all these calls for us to volunteer on these hotlines to provide pro bono services for frontline workers. And I think that there is a trend for many people to sign up for these things, to be involved in these things. And I I have mixed feelings about them because I think that there is a need, there is a desire to give back. There is a thought process around how can we truly serve and do what we're meant to do during this time of crisis. But the longer that these pro bono or low cost services are going towards frontline workers who need mental health services, don't, no doubt. But the longer this happens, I worry that this continues. This is, this is something that's going to continue forward into post state home orders, post COVID-19. We're going to continue to be called upon in crisis to volunteer. And to me, I feel like there's, a hard line to draw. I mean, I, I looked at some of these things and I thought about volunteering and I, I had two thoughts. One was, I don't think I have the bandwidth right now. I've got therapy clients that are paying me to be present for them. And if I divide my focus right now, I'm not gonna be able to serve them well. So that was one. The other one was, I don't know that I'm ready to give away my time for free right now. I have the same concerns as most other folks about making sure that I survive a recession and to spend a good portion of my time serving folks for free <laughs> did not sit well with me. And so I don't I don't want to sound callous or cold. And I, I certainly want to support and serve in the ways that I can. But I'm really worried that we're already in this. And this is why this conversation needs to be louder. It needs to be echoed. And is along with so many other things in the world. And we we recognize that our podcast is largely U.S. centric in its ideology. That's where we both live and work. All of you who have wonderful national health services that are already paying your therapist, we appreciate you listening anyway right here. But like so many other things, this particular pandemic is highlighting problems that have already been there that we as mental health professionals facing our own individual financial needs, our own practice needs for our pre-licensees, our own needs to accrue hours towards licensure. At this time where all of us have these personal needs, we are being pressured into being the first ones to sacrifice what we're doing and the investments that we've made into ourselves. This has been happening all along. And this highlight that's happening right now is the opportunity to collectively come together as a field and stand up and say enough that we don't want to necessarily sign up for years in a agency that doesn't pay its workers to provide services to, yes, people who do have mental health needs. But the longer that we are complicit in jumping into those agencies, providing those kinds of work, that's that's where the problem lies. If you can afford to volunteer an hour here or there, take on a pro bono client, that is fine. That that can be part of your balancing out access to mental health treatment while still being able to have, have a business that goes along with that. But when it comes to 
are we really in this for the money? Well, yeah, we should be in it for the money. And, you know, <laughs> it, and, you know, for a much longer version of that conversation, we have the episode called in it for, in the, it money. for the money. <laughs> but right now is actually the time for us to take some stances to make some social change for the outlook of our field overall, because there is that need, not because we should just be altruistic giving people all the time. Sure. And I want to make it clear that there are ways that we can give back that don't impact our bottom line or don't impact us financially. And I, I think it's something where I actually am, I have a hybrid practice. I take insurance and I do have one of my insurance panels are waiving copays and I'm getting the same amount from the insurance company and my clients are getting free therapy. So I think that there are organizations, entities that are stepping up. There is money that's going to organizations, you know, Department of Mental Health, you know, kind of governmental agencies that is specific to to help fund this mental health need. And it's two agencies who pay their workers and some that pay them well. Now, as far as, you know, kind of what the work environment is, there's, that's a whole other conversation that we've talked about in, in toxic work environments. But I think that there are agencies that are doing good work that are getting funding right now to be able to expand services and they pay their clinicians. So I want to be clear that this is not a universal request for exactly. us to be mental health workers that work for free. I think it's something where it can feel that way. And the loudest, most passionate kind of calls for help are in a way that we have to do it for free. And then we have to answer in a public space. I actually saw one of our colleagues, one of our modern therapists had a friend post on her timeline. Can you or someone, you know, help this person for free? Because there was an interview with a healthcare worker that was crying about how traumatic the experience was. And as our modern therapist responded, she said, they have benefits, they have services, and I don't work for free. And I was like, yes! And I need to go back to determine <laughs> if she got some haters and trolls on that. But I think it's something where if we say, no, I, I cannot provide these free services, we are demonized mm -hmm. most of the time because we're heartless. And to me, that is heartbreaking because there are so many avenues and mechanisms to provide these services at a low cost or for free to individuals who need them while still getting paid. And so to me, whenever I hear someone working for free at an organization that's getting funding, it just pisses me off. Notes not only combines billing, scheduling, and notes into one easy-to-use software, they now also offer group telehealth, up to 15 clients in a group session at a time, and secure messaging features. And with their 24-7 customer service, they're ready to assist you no matter where your practice takes you. Therapy Notes allows you to do it all. Whether you're a solo clinician or part of a group practice, you'll have all the tools for success at your fingertips with Therapy Notes. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. What you're pointing out is there are agencies that pay people. We are not talking about them. There are people in private practice who set up and make their own business decisions and are, you know, able to charge for their services. We are only partially talking about them. We'll loop around <laughs> to where, where that comes in. As far as the services that they provide, we are not talking about them. 
what we are uniquely talking about is those agencies that do not pay their therapists whether they're called volunteers whether you know whether they pay them in hours or they pay them in you know the multiple statements that's coming out right now you know you're heroes um, <laughs> you know <laughs> oh uh, dear we're the, heroes uh, the hero narrative is <laughs> it's detrimental it it's emphasizing that we have this bravery about working in horrible conditions rather than dealing with why those conditions exist in the first place. Mm -hmm. And this leaves such, you know, such a small window to see that our mental health workers are in these particular types of agencies are victims of a broken system. And I brought up that we might not all be inherently altruistic. And this is a, a really difficult part of especially our pre-licensees. This is your call to action is if you're jumping in there to help and get your hours, we can argue about whether that's truly altruistic or not. But this hero narrative ends up confusing that line for a lot of people who haven't had the opportunity to step back and see how all of these different levels of system are going on. You know, the CARES package passed by Congress recently dedicated, you know, over $800 million towards mental health. And the agencies that are going to be taking these grants and stuff, if that is not going to the workers, or as some of these agencies, even around us, that are still seeing clients in person, responding to domestic violence calls, responding to clients who are really high needs and not paying them or providing PPE in order for the therapist to go out there and provide these services. This is why we need to take this stand. Oh, that just makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. And I think the thing that I keep hearing in addition to the hero narrative and how we should be doing this out of the goodness of our hearts is that there is this need and we have to fill it because we can. And it's too hard to figure out how to make it work. And we're not business people and we're going to do what we can. And ah, like I just get so mad <laughs> when I hear about people taking, being taken advantage of in this way and not getting paid and we're not getting paid well. I mean, it's just like it, it to me, it seems like I just want to say it. We know that this is not just mental health workers. Our podcast is for therapists. So we're talking about mental health workers. So, you know, for anyone that's like, but what about, you know, no, <laughs> we're talking about therapists right now because we're therapists. And we know this is rampant across other giving and helping professions. But when I look at this and I see this, to me, it is heartbreaking, but it's also just disgusting. Because to me, and, and this goes back to, you know, stuff that I've talked about, but to me, whenever we move into a caring or helping profession, there is an element of it is that when these professions were determined to be helping professions, when they've been feminized, is when it starts being devalued, and we get paid less, we, we should be doing it out of the goodness of our hearts. And so that's, that's, one of the triggers for me. I know that you have a different trigger, Kurt, but like it's it's something where I'm looking at this going, how can people justify sending people into dangerous situations without protective equipment and not paying them and saying, well, they should do it and they should be grateful to have a job. 
or I, that it, they that they should be grateful to be able to earn their hours and do something that makes somebody else feel better. But mm -hmm. ultimately, what happens is people in those situations are faced with the very tough task of, am I there for my clients? Or if mm -hmm. I start making decisions to physically distance myself so that way when I go home, I'm not infecting my family, my kids, my neighbors, that we as a field, not yeah. as far as I know, Katie, and definitely not me, I can speak for myself on this, we're, we're not shaming people who are making decisions to take care of themselves in no. in this. But I do see people shaming therapists who are forced to go out and work in these conditions of why are you even seeing people in the first place? Yeah. And this is, this is the really hard part of this conversation is that we are endangering people under this narrative of, you know, hero that it creates this idea that there is an endless stream of do-gooder mental health workers who are going to always fall on the grenade for the greater good no matter how poorly they're treated. Yeah. And while we do good work, while we are out there helping people through some of the most difficult parts of their lives and facing a lot of uncertainty about what's happening in the future, we as a profession can't continue to support this narrative and we can't perpetuate this narrative ourselves. Yeah. I think it's challenging to not promote this narrative because so many of us got into the profession because of a specific wound or a specific desire to help that has become intrinsic in how we look at things. I do this, I sacrifice because of this. And it's what makes us vulnerable. Our good friend Ben Caldwell wrote an article and we'll link to it in the show notes and Kurt linked to it in his blog, but I think it's, it's this piece of because we are so tied to the being good, giving back, doing what we can, improving the situation for others, potentially because it wasn't done for us or because it was done for us. I think it can be very difficult to let go of the hero narrative because why would we do this if we didn't have a bigger mission, a bigger vision? And I, I want to talk about that a little bit because I think that we can. I think it's just very challenging for folks. And I think when we look at pulling from this, that we have to be heroes and we have to sacrifice and not keeping that as true. We don't have to sacrifice. We don't have to be heroes. If we can pull that out, what we're left with is that we have trained to have some skills that will help people to do this amazing thing that we want to do. And what I really came to, and, and maybe my experience was different than yours because I've got asthma and I, I started self-quarantine much earlier. But when I started thinking about if I don't take care of myself, if I get sick right now, I won't be able to take care of my clients. And so I was able to pull away and say, I have to treat myself as extremely valuable right now in order to be able to continue to serve my clients. And it became very visceral for me. I was thinking about the times when I've had very, very bad flus and I've been not able to sleep and I've not been able to, you know, kind of, I'm coughing for weeks and weeks and I feel horrible and I'm not able to be present for my clients or I'm not able to even serve them, you know, and especially in the current environment, like you have a cough, you shouldn't be 
in person with anybody. <laughs> and so I started thinking about what am how am I best able to serve? And it became so visceral for me. I know I keep saying that word, but it became so visceral for me. Like I cannot get sick. Now I know that not everybody has that luxury. And so I, I'm I'm using it as an example, not as as a judgment for anyone who is still on the front lines and meeting with people face to face with or without protective equipment based on whatever your agency is doing. I, I think that do what you need to do and do what you're called to do. But I think that there was this element for me when I was able to pull out and really, and I've said this before, and I said it so many times in, in talks that I've done, but we have to recognize that we are the instrument of help. And if we can't sustain ourselves as that instrument, we can't, can no longer help. That became very clear to me recently. And so to me, if we can pull out this, I need to be a hero and I need to sacrifice. And instead, I need to optimize my ability to live in order to be as present and as effective with my clients, that was very helpful for me. So what does this look like? Here's the call to action on this. No amount of applause of you being a hero is Mm -hmm. going to stop COVID-19 from getting into your system. Sure. And you can only really jump on one grenade, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're done. Yeah. Thryzer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryzer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. If you're pre-licensed, you're facing a decision here, especially, you know, those who are graduating right now, you know, in a world where a lot of places aren't hiring, a lot of people who are underemployed or following our advice from, you know, recession-proofing your practice, taking on a little bit more safe jobs right now, that for those of you who are looking for positions that, you know, well, money is part of this, it's also ensuring that the agencies are protecting you, that we're hearing all over the place in the news of hospitals that don't have PPE for nurses and doctors, and nurses are leaving those jobs, just walking away from them or are being yeah. fired for advocating them for themselves. And to those people, I say that is phenomenal. Do that. Stand up for your protections. Don't sacrifice yourself. Don't jump on that grenade for, you know, a handful of hours towards licensure. Yeah. So I think it's one thing to not take those jobs. I think it's also important that we really hold the agencies accountable for taking these steps. 
and I'm stopping a little bit short of, you know, calling them out, name and shame them, <laughs> because I do want this to ultimately have some productive movement in our field. I'm not entirely a burn it down person, but right, good, I, good, good. I, I think that it's important that we highlight that agencies need to provide these kinds of protections to their workers. Yeah. And for those of you who are on the outside of, of this, that there are plenty of roles that we can take too. Before you move to that, mm-hmm. I think th- you're talking about pre-licensees not taking these jobs. And I want to highlight something that you had mentioned years ago that I think is relevant here too. If you're a licensed person or a supervisor, I think it's also important that you don't volunteer at these organizations either so that you're not creating and promoting these systems of unpaid work or work that is allowing people to go into these kinds of environments unprotected. That was literally the next thing I was going to say. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go to the call to action. So I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> no, um, no. I mean, yes, definitely. And you know, you know, that was the next thing on my list that I was going to say. So, <laughs> you know, that's part of our call to action too, is just because we're not in the middle of it doesn't mean that we, we can't have an impact on this. There's also another part of this call to action is there's a lot of legislation and Katie and I are pretty involved in the advocacy world. We mm-hmm. know quite a bit's going on and we recognize that pretty much any legislation that's happening in 2020 at whatever level is going to have some sort of relationship to COVID-19. There's just a lot of other bills that don't deal with this kind of stuff that our government isn't going to make time for this year. Sure. But within that legislation is going to be a lot of stimulus bills and a lot of opportunities for grants and funding for agencies and probably even to specifically deal with mental health work. Part of this call to action is to call your legislators and demand that the language that those bills have only goes to agencies that prove that they have already been paying their workers. We don't want to be supporting agencies taking the funding and using that to continue business operations that take advantage of one vulnerable population under the guise of taking care of another. We want that funding to go to places that are also taking care of you as the therapist. And we'll put something in our show notes as far as some specific bullet points or specific language that you can ask your legislators. And in addition to that, pressuring our professional organizations to and, do And this. just to break in, we're speaking as ourselves. <laughs> we're not speaking for anyone else. <laughs> to pressure our professional organizations who are hopefully going to be involved in the writing of some of these bills or very much involved with how these bills get pushed through committees and eventually the legislators is they have the emphasis to be able to do the same thing. And the more that they Mm -hmm. hear from their members about, hey, we need to be taken care of too. We need protective equipment. We need to get paid. And this money shouldn't go to those places where it's an administrator and executive getting paid while we're out there risking being infected and potentially risking our lives for something that we're all having to adjust to on the fly. And we're not saying that executives shouldn't be paid. We're just saying that therapists need to be paid too. Mm -hmm. Now, 
one potential thing that you're going to hear is something that I mentioned in the blog, which is that this seems like a really inconvenient time. You know, how greedy of therapists to step up in this time of need. That's the well, anti- they've already said it to nurses, right? Yeah. You know, that's not a hero thing. That's a villain thing to do. But this is the time where that need actually gets highlighted. That we're not being greedy and saying that we need to get paid like, you know, $6,000 an hour. We're really asking here is get paid minimum wage as an essential worker. <laughs> I'd rather go to living wage because I think minimum wage in some states are is not a living wage. So I, I think as an essential worker with, for many of us, you know, graduate degrees and lots of hours and certifications and licensure, I think we need to to ask for more than just minimum wage. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> we're not saying pay us a bazillion dollars. I, I hear you very directly and I agree. We're not saying that. We're saying pay us a living wage so that we can do the work and survive. Make the stand. Make it you know positive. Make it vocal. And the better that we all do this together as a field the better that we're going to pave the way for these types of businesses to be able to have the structure in place to be able to provide their services while also taking care of their workers. Yes. Now, a little bit earlier, you know, I said that, you know, those people in private practice, we circle back <laughs> to them. <laughs> or, or even people who work in some of these agencies. But Sure, sure. Go ahead and volunteer an hour here and there as it fits within yeah within your business plan, within your practice. Within yeah. your life plan. I mean, for folks that have a full-time job, you may or may not have the capacity to give an hour or give a, a day or, or whatever it is. But I think it's so important to do what feels right that doesn't put an unnecessary burden on you or your family. And there's a lot of people who are going to be, you know, facing economic decisions. I can't, you know, continue to afford therapy because my job got shut down for, you know, the foreseeable future or other people who are in legit need of services. Part of how you can help this is to helping direct those clients to agencies that are paying their workers, you know, that they can receive services, making sure that you are looking out for our field as well. And just because people need services doesn't mean that it has to be your services. You can provide what is best within the structure that you've got set up. If you're feeling compelled to provide some pro bono work, directing people to other mental health resources falls within that. Pro bono doesn't necessarily mean you have to enter into a long-term relationship with people of giving free services or really low fee services and utilizing this as an opportunity to advocate for good mental health practices that are good for both the provider and the consumer of those services. And we recognize that these are going to be clinical decisions you make with your own clients. They're going to be personal decisions that that are impacted by your personal situation, but also your cultural beliefs, your religious beliefs. I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to go into this. So we're not saying you have to do it a certain way. Mm -hmm. I really want to just highlight 
that being able to look at your bigger picture as well as the bigger picture of our profession can be very helpful in providing all of us with an opportunity to take this stance, to take this moment in time to try to move ourselves forward versus potentially really having us fall off a cliff with not being able to survive financially, not being able to survive as a professional and mental health services getting worse and worse, you know, access worse and worse pay. And I mean, I I don't want to be like alarmist, but I just, I get worried that if we don't at least take some, some strides here, some stances here that, that we really are at risk. We can't keep track of every bill that's going on (laughs) everywhere. And so there's also an invitation to join our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist Group. And as you find legislation that is either particular to your state or country that is going on that needs to have this attention drawn to it, we'd love for you to share those as they come up there. We will help to mobilize people to being able to call their legislators and to take that call to action to help make sure that we are all in this to take care of mental health workers. Uh, we'd also love for you to check out the show notes at mtsgpodcast.com for some pointers on talking with legislators. And while you're over there, check out whatever it is that we've got going on with the Therapy Reimagined Conference. <laughs> and we're working with all of our speakers and venues and trying to put on the best show that we can in whatever way that we can and look for all of the most recent updates to that over at our website. And our gigantic thank you to our sponsor for that simple practice. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Renoy. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Thanks to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, use promo code MODERN for two free months. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions.